Hey, thanks for listening to another episode. I'm currently recording this in San Diego. Um, it's Monday after a conference that I just attended put on by Cole Hatter. Uh, it's Thrive Conference. I definitely must check it out. Um, I got an opportunity to catch up with some great friends that I've made over the last year in the space. Um, Jordan Harbinger, Michael O'Neill, um, and to meet some people that I've been admiring from a distance for a while, um, such as Jack Canfield, James Altucher, um, and several other people. It was an amazing conference. I uh, highly recommend it. I wanted to publish a second episode this week because over the weekend I got some news and I felt that it's important in order for me to process this to talk about kind of what happened and why this is important. It's not relevant to crowdfunding, but it's relevant to business and lessons that I've learned from a mentor that um, meant a lot to me. And without his faith in me, like seven years ago, I wouldn't be who I am today, be it consultant or entrepreneur. Um, if you guys, if you're on my Facebook, you would have seen the post, but um, I don't talk a lot about this part of my life because really what's relevant now is the crowdfunding. And you guys listen to the show because you want to hear about crowdfunding strategies and really what is going to make you guys money and push the needle forward. Um, but I know that several of you have written in over time and you know, as I get to know more of you, I think it's it's only fair that I start to share my journey a little bit because there are life lessons that we just go to take away from stuff. And, and if you guys have uh, read or listened to anything that I've put out where I'm talking about my history, like uh, I think two episodes before this, I went into a little bit more about my um, glory student painting days when I was a glorified contractor. Um, and... So in university, just to backtrack, I was recruited by a company called Student Works in the East to run a painting company. And at the time, I just thought there's no freaking way that I'm going to run a painting business because I'm 18 years old and too cool for that. Um, but there was something about the program that drew me in. Like, it was supposed to be one of the hardest things you've ever done before. And they were positioning it as the elite of the elite who would deserve to get into this program. And the thing was that I wanted to get ahead of my peers because um, I wasn't super book smart. Like I was the one that got by with B's, um, even in university. And after going through so many retail jobs and like my last official uh, gig was at Booster Juice, a smoothie joint, um, I just thought, you know what, whatever, let me just do this. And um, I ended up launching into that first summer, which is a... Uh, disaster because and there's there's a story to, or the there's there's some more to this but in that first year I had such an ego I was 18 years old and I thought I don't need to take their advice on how to run a business because I want to figure this out myself you can ask my dad he just I was a terrible terrible child to raise and he will laugh at the day when he gets revenge on me when I have a child and have to go through that. Um, but I didn't listen. And, and the thing with a franchise, if you guys are not familiar with it, is a franchise is like a McDonald's where 
they have a proven system and a way to operate a business that has been proven year after year. And if you consider it like an operations manual, if you follow the steps, you will be successful, make a ton of money and have a lot of sales and happy customers and happy employees. It's, you can look at systems like an operation, like um, a success formula almost, but I was having none of that. Um, and that first year I ended up doing $89,000 in revenue, um, but I made negative $5,000. Now that's not to say student works is a scam because it's not, it's all in, in how you manage your numbers and, and accounting. And you can tell like one of the top operators at the time was doing $250,000 and making 70 grand in profit. Like it's all in how you operate a business. And that was really my, um, my crash course into business. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I had an opportunity to sign back for a second year because I was um, in the top two operators from a rookie year. And I ended up coming back at second year. Um, I, did $125,000 in sales and made 30k in profit, which is awesome. So finally figured it out and realized, okay, maybe I should be following these systems because that's what made me crash and burn the first time. Um, just not taking other people's advice. And so after three years of running a business, um, I ended up uh, getting a call from Chris Thompson, who is the owner of Student Works Eastern Canada. And he asked me to become a district manager, which is essentially uh, how I got up into startup advising. I had a job to recruit and onboard new franchise owners and teach them exactly how to do what I had been doing so successfully for the last three years. So after DMing for a year, um, I ended up getting so sick of Ottawa because I made the mistake of uh, not going away to university. I stayed close to dad's house and at 21, I was like, I need to get the heck out of here. So I ended up um, looking at other options. And my best friend uh, at the time had moved to Vancouver. And after going to visit her, I fell in love with the city. And um, the man that ran, that owned the Student Works West Division from like, you know, Manitoba to Victoria Island, uh, Andrew Britnell, he had built it up over 20 years. And um, I contacted him to see if there was any way that I could get a transfer because you have to look at the East and West like two separate companies. And Andrew didn't really entertain it. But then one day I found out he was in Toronto. And so um, after chasing him up a bit, I finally got a meeting with him, um, which you can consider like an interview. And he ended up asking me a, tough, a bunch of tough questions. He was this he's type A personality. Um, really hard to read, but also like really intimidating. And when he started to show me some of the numbers of what their performance was like and how the West differed from the East, um, I really wanted in, but I knew that he was going to be a tough sell because the thing is that the operators out West, they did higher numbers and they don't ever really recruit people from Eastern Canada because they have such an amazing pool of talent. So going into this, I had a very, like, why should they pick someone who was from the other side of the country that they didn't know when they could have recruited from within? So long story short, there was something about me he really liked and he, he took a chance and he ended up offering me the position. Um, 
so I moved to Vancouver and started with Student Works West. And uh, I remember, like, I had about five, you know, I moved um, to Vancouver that last week of August. And for anyone who's driven across North America, it should take five or six days. But um, I basically did that trek in four and a half days. And I... Um, had this meeting that I needed to get to. And he's like, you know, Andrew said, it's okay if you don't make the meeting. But I remember I was in Jasper that morning. It was 4 a.m. And I drove straight to Vancouver and I was half an hour late for the meeting. I still had all my stuff packed up in my car and I rocked in and they were just like, who is this chick? And Andrew was just like, you know, this look of, he was just incredulous. Like, how did she make it? I didn't think she'd make it. I was like, yeah, I made it. And so I got this like really weird introduction to the team because um, I just, you know, showed that that's how dedicated I was because um, he always took a chance and I'm, I'm rambling a little bit. But um, what I soon discovered was the West Division played at such a higher caliber at the time and the East has now um, neck and neck with them. But like they just played at such a higher level. They were uh, crazy about being on time, they had these four referability habits that they worshipped. And it was a different level of commitment and excellence that I had not been used to before. Eastern Canada is like, at the time, was really nice. They're relaxed. They're about, you know, all that stuff. And then going to the West, it was just like night and day. And so the expectations for how I was expected to perform was times 10 and it was the worst um but best shock to my system because I felt for that first month while I was getting used to it like at first it was okay for me to be five minutes late but um when I did that everyone would hate me (laughs) so now I'm like I had become this super crazy paranoid be on time Um, And I I took Andrew's core values to heart because of how much they believed in in their system. And it's that has really shaped who I am as an entrepreneur. But I um, uh, one of my favorite stories that resonates with me is um, you have Andrew Britnell, who runs the West, and then you have his COO, Dan Cripps. And if they're in Vancouver, um, they used to go skiing every weekend in uh, Whistler, which is like an hour and a half drive away. And Dan one time, uh, picture this. So Andrew's in North Vancouver and Dan is in Vancouver. So maybe like a 20 minute drive North. And uh, Dan one morning went, it was a Saturday morning. Uh, him and Andrew agreed at 7am to meet at Andrew's house and they would drive up to Whistler together. I'm not even kidding. It was 7.02am when Dan Cripps arrived at Andrew's house and Andrew had already left. So you can imagine the culture, but stepping back to what was so important about this is that their attention to excellence also meant that they were so on board with having everyone on the same page and following the systems because if you as a company work with actually focused attention on what has worked and you're all consistent and you all coach a certain way and you all have the same values 
and you're all teaching people how to execute the business in the exact same way, you as a company are operating at a much higher level. And the numbers at the time, StudentWorks West was doing a third in a third more in sales every single year. Um, so you see the guys in the East, um, they're like, so, you know, what is the West doing differently than we are? I just can't figure it out. And they just couldn't, they, they just didn't know. And so after um, I worked under Andrew for two and a half years, um, I came back to the East and Chris Thompson's like, so you've actually worked with them. What are they doing differently that we aren't? And it came down to one simple thing, which is commitment to excellence. I'm not saying that Chris wasn't, but commitment to excellence and being a systems Nazi, like literally everyone is trained to understand exactly how to operate and it's based on checklists, it's based on consistency, it's based on being extremely attention to detail focused and not compromising. And when we started to make some of the changes and procedures that the West was doing, like that first year, um, Student Works East, once I got back and consulted with them, we we grew by a million dollars and now they are, you know, three years later, they're neck and neck with the West, which is incredible. And it's all because of this one guy who took this amazing idea. He launched Western Canada with it and he just would not compromise on morals and he taught the people underneath him, which is hundreds of, of students who are now entrepreneurs, like taught them basic business school skills that, you know, even to this day when I'm working with clients, I, there's no way that I would be the entrepreneur that I am today able to serve clients the way I do or understand why systems are so important or or how to treat your customers or like just everything that went into it because of the emphasis that Andrew Britnell put on operating at such a good level. Sorry, and um, I'm gonna try and not cry, but this past weekend I learned that he passed away and out of respect for him, I wanted to share with the world what I learned because he's meant made such impact in my life and I know that his lessons have helped shape so many people so while I know this is not related to crowdfunding um what well, kind of is because like you know I meant I'm like helping you guys or whatever but like the thing is that um one one of the takeaways I learned from this weekend with Cole Hatter was he ended on on two things and he asked you know what is the kind of advice that you want to give your kids and the advice he gave was pay attention and it's not just pay attention to like crossing the road or the obvious crap but like what I mean is um it's the paying attention to the moments in your life that really matter um there are only two kinds of moments in your life one is are inconsequential moments where these are you pick the color of shirt you're going to wear today um 
that is not going to affect your business, your life, or anything major. It's just something that happens in the background uh, or what coffee you drink. But the kind of decisions that really matter are the defining moments in your life. And I wanted to highlight one of mine in this episode that Andrew Brittnell giving me a chance and, um, you know, allowing me to move across the country and really experience what it's like to have to relearn everything you thought you knew and focus on what really matters. Um, he, he changed my life. And like, this is a shout out to anyone in your life that's mattered um, to you. If they've made an impact, like what is that defining moment for you? And I wish that he could hear this, but um, unfortunately it, what he had was a degenerative muscle condition and he wasn't seeing or, or speaking to anyone. So I haven't had a chance to talk to him and tell him what his faith in me has done for my life or what the Student Works West team um, and East has done for me. But this, um, you know, just pay attention and don't wait for everything to get into perspective when it may be too late. But um, in in summary of how this can relate to you guys, because I'm sorry for a bit of a depressing episode here, but how it can relate to you guys is never compromise on excellence because it goes a long way with your customers, how you show up and means a lot in terms of you starting a business. So thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launch pad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step -step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like The Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launch pad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launch pad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.